2: All right, welcome in, everybody. Happy Friday Sports Daily here on KFH. I'm Tommy Caster. Jacob all rocked out today. Paul Savage in his spot. Jad Chambers producing the show today. The KFH Hotline is open at 869-1240. Feel free to give us a call this morning as we get through a Friday, a winter wonderland Friday. Snow coming down all around the metro, all around this part of the state. Paul, how this morning i know that uh road conditions are not great out there did you make it in okay yeah it's not bad i
3: mean it's uh, you know city's already on on top of things it's really not bad uh, it's kind of wet so it's not like freezing or anything at this point i don't know about what's going to go on this afternoon but everybody slow down take a little time tommy i think you'd agree with that let's just take our time we'll get through this and everything will be just fine there's no need to be in a hurry
2: Yeah, I know that, uh, of course, whenever this happens, you've got, um, you know, different schools that some are calling school off. Some schools are in session. I know that USD 259 in session today, uh, but several other schools around the area are not. So, you know, for those kids that get a snow day, get out and enjoy it. And, uh, you know, if you can stay home, if you can just enjoy the snowy weather from inside looking out the window, that's the way to do it. Uh, if you if you don't have to be out on the roads, you know, try to try to stay home and and stay warm as best right. as you possibly can. Are you a uh, are you a snowman guy, Paul? Do you like building snowmen?
3: No, I'm I'm not. Now I used to, but no, not that okay. much. I'm I'm more about watching the snowman through the window if, if somebody else sure. does it. That's sort of me. But uh, oh, hey, by the way, you were talking about USD two five nine. I yep. know right now they're scheduled to play sports tonight and do, do whatever yep. they've got on the schedule. Uh, whichever sports that uh, are scheduled for tonight, but anyway, we'll keep track of that. If things get worse yep. and they decide to cancel, and it's, if it's during the two hours that you and I are uh, you and I are on the air, we'll get with everybody and try to get everybody updated and taken care of. But as we know right now, everything's on. Am I correct on that, Jad? I believe I'm Jad. You're probably on top on top of that a little more than I am.
1: Well, I haven't heard specifically from the like any the, uh, the 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 sports side of it, but uh, I haven't heard. I haven't heard elsewise. So right, yeah. right. Uh, one, one thing I'll say this is: I've been following the traffic situation all morning. It wasn't too long ago that we had a big traffic accident. It was on Kellogg, and it was right there around I one thirty five. So right in the dead center of the city. Oh,
3: geez. And
1: yeah. probably still, if you can avoid, well, if you can avoid going out at all, avoid going out at all. But uh, stay off of uh, Kellogg if you're trying to get past that I one thirty five. It's no. that's going to be really. Re- I mean, it's slow anyway. I. Several of the traffic trackers that I talked to this morning were saying that people were comfortable going any, anywhere from 10 to 20 miles per hour in 60 zones. So, oh, good. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, something, okay. to Tommy, you and I have been in this town long enough to know that if you have this kind of weather, don't even get on Kellogg. I mean, I think it's oh, yeah. you you're wise just to figure out how to get to where you need to go. Take Douglas, take... Take Oliver. Take take you know go wherever you need to go, but stay off the main thoroughfares, and that includes the canal route, and that includes Kellogg. Find another way, because boy, oh boy, you're going to end up being tied up more than likely, and we both know that. So that's that's the sports daily tip of the day.
2: <laughs> yeah, back in the day, I used to uh, work on the west side, but I lived on the east side, and so when we would have bad weather like this, I mean, I would I would do everything in my power to stay off the of Kellogg. I and I didn't care if it took me another 15 or 20 (laughs) minutes to get to work. Yes. I was going to take the back roads. I was going to take central. I was going to do whatever I needed to go through downtown. It didn't matter, but I was going to stay off uh, the elevated roadways. And so we would definitely encourage that. And and like Paul mentioned, if we get any kind of update about the local uh, USD 259, the city league sports events that are scheduled for tonight. We will definitely pass that information along. On the program today, we've got a lot to get to. Will Howard has a brand new home. We alluded to it yesterday on the program, but it was made official last night. We will talk about that. We've got our Friday football picks of the week to get to. We'll give a preview of the national championship game on Monday night between Michigan and Washington. Take a look at the NFL slate, and we'll talk to the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, in our very next segment. But Paul, let's kick things off with Shocker basketball last night. It was the conference opener for Wichita State inside Coke Arena. North Texas, the Mean Green, came into town and gave Wichita State a 12-point loss inside Coke Arena. Final score: 74 to 62. I followed along with this game, Paul. North Texas came out of the gate really strong. They started off the game great, shooting the ball. Wichita State couldn't match that, and then it was kind of a comfortable lead for North Texas throughout the second half that the Shockers could never overcome.
3: Right, and it was a it was an interesting game. I'm not saying it was necessarily a fun game to watch, uh, but I watched uh, nearly the entire game, and uh, I, I enjoyed my time in in, in uh, the roundhouse, uh, at least from a television perspective, and, you know, it's kind of interesting because there's some good things and some bad things, but there seems to be more bad things than good things. Now, am I making excursions upon Coach Mills? No, no, I'm not going to do that because this is still a basketball team in the works, uh, this is a team that's still going to have an imprint by by Coach Mills and this coaching staff, but there are some things that are glaringly uh, off with this team. In particular, uh, great defense is one of them. I mean, we have been around Wichita State basketball for years and years and years, and the one thing that Wichita State has always done, and that goes back to the days of the Bakers, and the, the you, know, you know I could go run up and down the 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 roster of of ex-Shocker players. And that is tenacious defense. And I don't know how many games over the past fifteen or twenty years have been won with defense. And uh, you know, defense still wins championships, Tommy. I don't know if you believe that. You know, I really don't know if you believe that. I personally, as a as a football coach, at least from that pro uh, uh, perspective, I believe defense wins. Defense wins games. Defense, as they say, wins championships. And right now, Wichita State does not play that 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 you know. Real tedious type defense where they bear down hands in passing lanes. You know you break down. You, you 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 know you're you're in a great defensive stance. All the things that that you learned in middle school basketball. It seems like sometimes the Shockers do, sometimes they don't. But uh, you know defense is the main concern for me. Now the shooting. I mean, I guess that's a problem. And 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 they were abysmal last night. I mean, uh, at one point one particular player. Uh, North Texas, uh, North Texas was outscoring Wichita State by himself from the three. You can't yeah. have that, Tommy. Come yeah. on now. You know, you and I both know you can't have that. And uh, but that was the case, and and it was you know, you know, you defend the three, you defend the paint, you defend uh, against the driving lanes. You do de- you know you defend, 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 and you can win a championship defending. We'll put it that way. And and we're not and we're not quite there now. I'm convinced that Coach Mills will get him where he wants to go. Uh, And I think it's going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take a little bit of effort with regards to him recruiting another class or two of the kids that he wants and is comfortable with. And he's going to go get those kids. There's no question in my mind Coach Mills is going to go find those kids. And by golly, he's going to say you're going to break down, you're going to get your hands in the passing lanes, and you're going to defend. And I think that's going to happen. But that's – that was my major takeaway. Obviously, shooting, obviously rebound. There's a lot of things. Okay, I got you. But for me, the overall thing is I just sort of watched the game as a fan defense. And, and I don't know, I don't know if that would be part of what you would say or not, Tommy, but please, please add on to what I'm saying.
2: Well, I mean, I think that you're you're right when it comes to the defense not being where they want it to be. But, I mean, beyond that, we know the shooting woes of this uh, Wichita well, State we team. Do. Yeah. They've not shot the ball particularly well this entire season. and
3: especially- Well, I know what, what Tommy was going to say, but it's basically that, you know, you're going to have to shoot the ball at some point. At one point or another, you're going to have to shoot the ball. And Tommy's exactly right. There's no question about that. You know, the main thing that I see with this Shocker team is is how do you overcome poor shooting? Well, you defend, and then, you know, things will happen. In, in in the in, in in a sense that you know once you start defending it makes it tougher to score and and, and get those good threes get those open looks you you, you press those kind of things you, you, and so you go for that all right we're gonna take a break right now we've got a little bit of things going on I'm sure it's weather uh, uh related we'll get to it we'll be right back this is sports daily right here on kFh. I haven't got all day. 869
0: 1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Your new radio home for K State Athletics,
1: 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on Kansas State. Let's go now to the voice of the Wildcats,
0: Wyatt Thompson.
2: Okay, welcome back, everybody. It's Sports Daily on this Friday. Tommy Castor, Paul Savage, Jad Chambers producing the show. We're going to revisit our conversation about the Shockers basketball game last night, a little bit later on in the program. But right now, joined by the voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, here on the program. Happy Friday, Wyatt. Do you guys uh, you guys, getting any snow up there in Manhattan? We've got a lot of snow here in Wichita right now.
4: That's, that's what I heard. I just talked to your fine producer, and he said you've got a pretty good little uh, snowstorm going there, and, To be honest, we're just getting a few flurries now, but I think they're expecting to get somewhere between a dusting and a couple of inches. I think in our particular area, uh, they're not totally sure what we're going to get. I think the bigger storm's coming Monday into Tuesday.
2: Well, absolutely. Let's start with the big news in uh, college football that relates to Kansas State. Will Howard last night makes the decision to go to Ohio State University. He's going to join the Buckeyes and Ryan Day. You know, White. it's been a really interesting journey for Will Howard after he entered the transfer portal. Speculation that he might be going to USC. And then he was you know, one of the last premier quarterbacks to make a decision on where he was going to play next season. What do you think about this move? Do you like it for Will Howard? Is it a a good landing spot, do you think?
4: I think it is a pretty good landing spot for him, honestly. And I don't know that I felt the same way about the USC situation. I I just don't know that he was really a a big time fit for what Lincoln Riley has done in the past and has had in the past. You may or may not agree with that, but that was just my first thought. You know, I, I think with Ohio state, he's going to a place where he's closer to home. I don't know how important that might be to him because I don't think it's all that big a deal, but he's going to a really good football team. And with his experience, Uh, I think he could enjoy a lot of success there. They they have a really good football team and program, as you know, so I I think it'll be okay for him. I really do. You know, Wyatt, I've got to ask
3: the question, is it a six- or seven-digit deal that he's getting at NIL? How much is it taking to get him to go to – how much is it taking to get him to Ohio State? I don't mean to be, you know, curt with this, but by golly, sometimes I'm curious. You know what I mean, Wyatt?
4: Well, I think we all are, Paul, to be honest, and I I, I kind of get it, but – I wish I had the answer for okay. you. All right. Uh, what What I would what I would tell you is would be only a guess. Don't know that I want to do that. But okay. let's just have fun with this for sure, a second. Sure. Sure. Do you think it's more six or closer to seven? I think I, it's closer I to seven. Thinking, do you really? I really do. I. I yeah, I think it could be. Um, I just don't have a real feel for that. Uh, originally, when he went into the portal. You know, he was one of the first guys, of course, and one of the first guys that was talked about nationally, uh, even kind of in the in the early lead on those boards um, w- with uh, quarterbacks available. And there have been so many land in other right. spots first. And I, I just kind of wonder if he – this is just me thinking out loud here. I, I know Will is a really smart young guy, and I think he probably took his time through this. And I do think uh, that he thought about the NFL process too – um, but but I think this will all end out. If I'm guessing, I'm going to – this is totally, totally, totally a guess. Right. I'm going to say maybe somewhere between a half and, and one million. That's Fair. just a guess.
3: Well, you yeah. know something, and I only wish him well. And by by the way, I, I think it's wonderful that he's getting it. And the only reason I said, you know, the seven-digit thing, that this is Ohio State, how Ohio State wants to be in these championship games and, you know, I I saw two reports yesterday as this news was coming out, two separate reports that said he's the number one, you know, quarterback in the portal at this point and is expected to be the number one quarterback in the portal. And a place like Ohio State, they don't like not being in the championship game, do they? I mean, that's just – that's yeah. that, that's who they are. And they'll do whatever it takes. Number one quarterback in the portal tells me that he's going to be in demand. And uh, Ohio State going to Ohio State—that tells it's—it's it's not like they're not without funds. Would that be a safe assumption,
4: Wyatt? Oh my goodness, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely true. And and, and you know, I, I think every place that really had interest in him, you could probably say that about. That's just that's just kind of the world we're living in right now. And I would say and add this, guys. I I don't know how you feel about this, but it's a little bit stunning with the number of quality quarterbacks that were in the portal this time. And I'm sure yeah. it's for varying reasons. Whether it's KJ Jefferson, uh, who ends up going to UCF, which affects our league, of course. Uh, Dylan Gabriel going from Oklahoma to Oregon, and and of course many others. But man, it just <laughs> it, it just you know there, I guess I guess at the end of the day, we're talking about opportunity, and or maybe I should say money and opportunity, right. as opposed to opportunity and money. Maybe that's the reality of it. Yeah.
2: And you know, Wyatt, I think my last question when it comes to Will Howard, and and you've had a chance to follow him and watch him call a ton of his games over his career, you know, there's a lot of talk that he could potentially be an NFL type guy. So him going to Ohio State, number one, is going to raise his profile. But number two, what do you think is lacking in Will Howard's game to make that jump from college to the professional level?
4: I would probably say that from just what I've heard from, you know, coaches and what what a lot of people might might think, I think he brings so many things to the table, but the one thing that will probably always be questioned with Will is the arm strength. Would you agree with that, Tommy? I mean, yeah. I think that's yeah. what what right. people say. I think he's got really really good football smarts. Uh he now has experience. I think he is the type of low-maintenance kid, if you will, meaning n- not much ego, that he's going to go in there and he's going to work his tail off this winter and be ready for spring and, and into the fall of next year, and I think he'll win a lot of football games. They're going to win a lot of football games, period, but, <laughs> you know, they, um, it's really been interesting. if you If you watch all of this when, you know, Hardball is playing in the national championship game, and there for a while he couldn't coach a lick. Why? Because he couldn't beat Ohio State. <laughs> now, now he's beating yep. them. Now he's pretty smart. <laughs> That's how it works, right? Yep. Yeah,
3: isn't, that ama- isn't that amazing? when yeah. you look, you know, and, and while I, while we've got you on on this show right now, I think I need to ask you about. Uh, Monday night's playoff game. You know something? Now, this is just for me. I'm speaking just for me. But I haven't been this excited about a particular football game in a long, long time and uh, even the championship games. But this game somehow with Harbaugh and and what's gone on with Spygate and all the stuff going on with – you know, stealing mm-hmm. signals and all this going on and and, and and the Pac-12 going out of business, baby, and here it is. They may win a national championship as they turn yeah. out the lights. And I find this is, this is once-in-a-lifetime kind of stuff. Your thoughts on this particular game, your thoughts on these two teams in particular
4: playing in the national championship? Well, I'm really excited to watch the game because I think you'd have – well, first of all, let me maybe back up and say – I thought both of the semifinal games were really competitive, really yes. good games. And no, they as were great. a fan, how great was that, oh, right? I mean, oh. how great was that? Now you yeah, just hope wonderful. that you have a similar game in the finals, and I think we will. I- I've been asked uh, a few times in interviews over the last few days since the semis, who do I pick and why? And the very first one I did, uh, I said Michigan, but only slightly. And when I hung up, I thought to myself, did I pick the right team?
1: Because I think
4: I really love Michael Penix and his ability to throw the deep ball, probably better than anybody uh, playing in college football right now. With all due respect to everyone else, I think that's kind of what everybody has seen. Uh, I I think both teams are physical and tough. I just, I guess, I'm going to stay with Michigan because I do think they may. Just, I'm just, I'm just saying, across the board. Maybe just slightly better, but would it stun me if Washington won the game? Absolutely not. I, I think they're easily uh, two of the best five teams or six teams in the country, and I think they've proven it. Well, I'm gonna.
3: I just want to throw out to you that what people don't realize, and I know people don't understand offensive line play. You, you do. You, you've been around K State. You know how important it is. Listen, Wyatt, Washington has one of the best offensive lines in the country. From tackle to tackle, this is one of the best offensive lines. In it. It's physical. It is skilled. It moves its feet. It protects its quarterback. And when you have a quarterback like Pennick, I mean, this this kid is the real – this kid is a, an NFL quarterback. And I'll bet he'll be an, an NFL quarterback his rookie year. He's that quality of an athlete. He could light up well, Michigan for 400 yards. I mean, that is possible. Well, if they, If he gets oh, protection, yeah. he will light up. Michigan for four hundred yards, so it comes down to, of course, the defensive line for Michigan. But man, I, 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 just, I look at that offensive line. I think they're as good as anyone as a packaged unit in
4: the entire country. Well, how good do you think? And, and I'm not arguing with you in any way, shape, or form. But how good do you think Michigan is depth wise in their offensive line? Their best guy broke his leg in two places oh, yeah. in the Ohio State game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and here they are. Yeah, and here they Here's are. Here's what I would also add to to your thought because uh, again, I think we're talking about two high level teams here. That that's the obvious that's, that's part. Right. But, but I think the Michigan quarterback is is a winner. I, I, he's probably clearly not as skilled as as Penix, but I like McCarthy, don't you? I mean, he just Ooh. he just kind of makes plays. Yeah. Here's yeah. what I do. Yeah. Two two thoughts. And it all comes down to running backs. I think Blake Corum is unbelievably good. And I'm concerned about the health of the running back at Washington because he was dinged up late in that game. That could be somewhat significant. But I will say this. I wish the Chiefs had those two Washington receivers. <laughs> oh. You think?
2: <laughs> they got to do everything that they can to try to get that Roma Dunze guy. That guy is oh, my absolutely, goodness. absolutely goodness. Good, phenomenal. Oh, my God. Oh. We're talking to Wyatt Thompson. Yeah, We're we are. Thompson, voice of the Wildcats here on Sports Daily. Let's get back to Kansas. The other big news uh, with the football program the last couple of days. Connor Riley uh, officially named offensive coordinator for the Wildcats and then – Matt Wells, former Texas Tech head coach, comes in as the co-offensive coordinator. Break that down for us, Wyatt. What does that mean as far as the way that they divvy up responsibilities, the way that Chris Kleiman looks at these two guys? What will their responsibilities be, kind of the way that things roll moving forward with the offense with these two guys?
4: Well, I think we talked briefly last week um, about the job that, that Connor Riley did. And I think by his own admission, he felt like play-calling-wise, um, the third quarter wasn't his strength, but for the rest of the game, I thought he was really good in his first time. I, I think you guys would probably concur with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's a fantastic football coach from the standpoint of you know, his position and the development of those guys that we've seen here in his five years here. And I don't just mean Cooper Beebe. I, I think if you look at – those guys just rave about how far KT Levison came in his time. Uh, same with Hayden Gillum. And we've got some younger guys coming in that I, I think are going to continue to you know keep moving that tradition forward. Um, and I won't start naming a bunch of guys, but just suffice it to say there are a few that they're really, really um, enjoying coaching right now, and their time's coming. I, I feel like to try to hone in on everything you talked about there – I love it from this perspective. I think you've got an O-line coach who's ready to be a coordinator, who has a, a, an intense understanding of run game, and then you hire a quarterbacks coach who has a who's been a head coach, who has worked with some very very fine young people over the course of his time. Uh, I don't think he was given a real fair shot as the head coach at Tech. I mean, nobody gets fired in, in this, after two years, right? That's just wrong. But but anyway. He he is a guy who I think will help Avery and will help K-State in the past game. So in combination, for me, that's what it's all about because those coaches are going to tell you, hey, you know, like like with Colin. Colin was the offensive coordinator for the majority of this past season, but he was the first to say how much input he was getting from all of those other guys, including Connor Riley. So I, I'm looking at this as I, I think it's a, a good, good. How's that? Good, good. I think Matt Wells is a yeah. really good coach.
3: Wow. That's, that's good to hear. And, 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 you know, I know this may be a little premature and I, and forgive me. I don't, I don't mean to put you on the spot. How's recruiting no, going? You're... What What are you hearing? What are you hearing? What's the word? What's the word on the street? How's this recruiting <laughs> well, they... class coming along
4: as you see it today? Well, they like what they have committed so far and, and everybody would say that and I understand that, but I think they address some needs um, at receiver and continue to do so. Um, maybe at depth at running back after losing Treshawn Ward. I think they, they did that um, to a degree. I, I think they got a couple of guys that uh, are, are, I guess what I would say, kind of like the Julius Brents, Kobe Savage kind of types that could literally walk in here and start from day one. So that's a good thing. And then they continue to add some pieces uh, with, again, I go back to the offensive line. Those two Kansas kids, man, can play. <laughs> and they're in time, they're going to be really good guys to add to the guys I didn't mention earlier, like John Pastore and some of those kids. So um, I, I know that they have had some young people on campus this week. Um, I think they've made some offers to some young guys and are hopeful that K State will fit that uh, for those guys. And, I just think this is just me talking here, uh, just me. Um, I think with all of the good things that have happened here, uh, and and the fact that you can sell Avery Johnson to a wide receiver, oh. they should probably get one or two to help, don't you think? Oh gosh, yeah. Oh yeah,
2: no. yeah. And, and you know, yeah. why you mentioned Avery Johnson, obviously when you were talking about Matt Wells, and it seems to me that you know, and and the development of Avery Johnson seems to me that that's a huge reason why Matt Wells is now with Chris Kleiman. And we know that that Kleiman has, you know, his history of developing quarterbacks and his career and what that looks like. But number one, you know, Matt Wells is a former head coach at two different places, probably wants to be a head coach again. And so if he comes to Kansas State, and can help develop Avery Johnson, that's going to look really good for him to maybe go somewhere else eventually and be a head coach uh, down the road again. And then, of course, with the development of Avery Johnson, that's just going to make the Kansas State offense that much better, I would think. So it seems to me that this is a match that really makes a ton of sense just due to the fact of where Avery Johnson is right now in his career and where he could be.
4: Oh, Tommy, that's perfectly said. I I mean that sincerely. I think that's a great take because I think, Matt, if if you really kind of study some, and I know some people on social media put, uh, you know, Jordan Love, the Packer quarterback out there and things like that. Yeah. And, you know what? You say what you want, but numbers don't lie, right? I think he walks in here knowing that, uh, you know, he's got a special piece in Avery. Uh, that, that's that's really, really good. Um, I, I just think that uh, you're probably also accurate in that, you know, the guy's good enough that he'll be a head coach again at some point. W- will it be a year down the road or two that that's the unknown factor there. But I, I just, I know this, I, I've had conversations with, with coach Kleiman, uh about Matt Wells over the course of time from the time he got the job at Texas tech through, you know, him um, being announced here and, you know, you always want to put together a staff that you know is going to work hard and do things the right way and are going to be really high level at what they do, and I, and I, I think Matt fits all of those those marks.
3: Yeah. Hey, uh, Tommy, you mind if I move to basketball? I'd, I got, yeah, I'd go I'd for I'd like it. to get to a little bit of basketball. You know, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, Wichita State and, and, and K-State played Uh, in Kansas City, and and Wyatt, you know, I don't think I've talked to you since that particular game, but I just wanted to get your take because you're so highly thought of. You know, for me, it's always been important that KU and K-State both play Wichita State, and it looks like we're going to have a meeting of the minds between two head coaches who have coached with each other at Baylor at the same time who like each mm-hmm. other, respect each other. It looks like to me, K State and Wichita State want to play some games in the future. I hope they do. I hope they get that done. How important is it to you to have K State playing a team like Wichita State, the only other Division three uh, or Division one team uh, between the three teams in the state of Kansas? How important it is to you to see that
4: game for Kansans? Well, I think that's the key right there at the end of what you said. For this has always been, guys, and you know this. I mean, you don't have to be here very long to understand the history of of these three schools in basketball, right? Right. I mean, it's, it's just kind of what it is. It, this has always been kind of known as a basketball state. It's gotten better in football with, with Kansas State and Kansas, there's no doubt. But I think when you look at the, the history of these programs, uh, that's what stands out, coaches, players. You know, commitment, facilities, uh, results—all <laughs> of those things are what they are. And and so I have always felt that that's a good thing when they're playing. And why not? It's different now too with with the Shockers being the in the American. Um, from my perspective, at least, I mean it's it's such a good league, and we're going to get a look at UCF here coming up. And they they had been in that league, and I think they're, you know, this league is stacked. And they're nine and three and nobody's talking about them. And I suppose, you know, they could struggle in the league, but in studying them, um, they have length, they have depth um, in their wins. They're getting 30 points on average from their bench. I mean, so, so that league is good as the point. And, and um, I, I just don't see any downside, like, like some perceive that that it was when Wichita state was in the Valley or whatever. I just, I just see it a different way now.
2: You know, going back to Wildcat basketball in the non-conference, and we talked about the Wichita State game a couple of weeks ago, the final Mm -hmm. non-conference game, Chicago State earlier this week, where, you know, the Wildcats, you know, they struggled for a while in that game before being able to pull away and and get the victory. You know, it's it's not been, it's been a non-conference that has not been lacking in drama, I guess would be the the word that I would use. No Naquan. You know, we know about Quez Glover and and the fact that it looked like he was going to be ready to go for conference play. Now that's not going to happen. But yet you look at it, Wyatt, and you you look at their record as non-conference is done and they're 10 and three. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I I could easily go back and look at a few games where they could have lost and they could easily be eight and five or seven and six or something like that. Yet they're 10 and three. What does that tell you, number one, about the composition of this team? And really what does it tell you about the way that Jerome Tang is coaching this team through all the issues to where they enter big 12 play with a record of 10 and three.
4: Well, you covered a lot there and I'm, I'm excited to talk about this because I think you can look at it in a lot of different ways, but I I think first and foremost, aside from the Nebraska game here, I think K-State just in terms of what I thought they could potentially accomplish they're probably pretty close to, to what I thought. I, I thought they would beat Nebraska here and be 11-2, and two, uh, if I'm being honest, or in that vicinity. I think what you have is a situation where you do have a coach who's really working uh, with this staff diligently to, to you know bring these guys along, much like he did last year's team. But this team is different than last year in in, in that they don't have the explosive scoring and the athleticism and the – you know, the probability of, of Chianti and Marquise. And yet, I, I think we've seen stretches against some of the better teams that when K-State is playing well, they're more than capable. Um, but then we've seen like what you described perfectly with Chicago State that, you know, would lead some people to be concerned. You know, it is concerning that they're shooting just 30% as a team from three, as one example. It's a good thing that what they've done for 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 my money <laughs> uh, in rebounding the basketball compared to what they were a year ago so you just have to keep grinding and I think this is a team that first and foremost I think coach really likes these guys they're I think they're all cut in and and they're gonna they're gonna fight and compete but they let I guess all of that said they just have to be more consistent in, in everything they're doing and and he knows it they know it you know it I know it we all know it How's <laughs>
3: that? that's excellent one more short question will get you out of here listen Wyatt I could I could hog you all day and keep you on this show for the entire thing but I know you can't do it I wish I could but that's the way it goes last question I want to get you out of here about two or three weeks ago uh, I asked you a question about uh Who you like in the Big 12? And you gave me an answer that had about six teams. (laughs) And so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, is there anything that has made you narrow this down? If you had to pick the three teams, three teams, three teams that you like competing for a Big 12 championship in basketball this year, any luck on on narrowing that down, Wyatt?
4: Well, yeah, I, I think you can do that. Um, and, and if we're just judging through the non-conference, okay, and you're making me pick three, um, you have to you have to start with Kansas just based on their track record, All right. don't you? I mean, yeah. they're, oh, they're gosh. 12 yeah, and sure, 1. Yeah. Sure, sure. They've, they've played a really good schedule. Uh, I think next you have to go with Houston, and right. I don't think most people would be real surprised with that. And – the next team that I'm going to say may surprise you a little bit and that's BYU, but but because yeah. uh, you know I, back in back in the old days, I, I, I'm pretty familiar with BYU and how they play basketball and how tough it is to play at the Marriott Center and all of that. They have a really good coach, they have a really good fan base. Uh, and the most important part is that they they have length and they can shoot the dog out of the three. <laughs> I think they are really yeah. a good team, and they are going to be dangerous in this league. Wow. So I just picked two teams that are newcomers. How dumb is that? I don't think it's that dumb. Yeah, it, so, I don't think it's that crazy.
3: But but so teams are
4: good. Houston is really good defensively, guys, and I mean they are. Oh um, well, you guys know you saw them oh. in the Americans. They are they beat you up. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Well, yeah. With that coaching staff.
3: Yep. What do you expect? That's how they got to the bank is with defense. <laughs>
4: Well, oh, that's yep. true. You know they used to say when Frank was here, Frank Martin that uh K-State's best offense was uh, going to get an offensive rebound because they weren't going to make enough shots, but <laughs> they get a ton of offensive rebounds and putbacks and they're like that to a degree. They uh, they really guard, they really rebound, they have some depth um and and, and boy. <laughs> they have talent too. That's that's the other factor yep. and they play so hard.
2: Yep. Well Kansas State their Big Twelve play tomorrow against UCF at home. It's a five o'clock tip. Wyatt, you're going to be on the call. What are we expecting for the call? What are you expecting from the game? Anything that uh, we want to point out before we we get that game going?
4: Well, I do think, like I said before, UCF is probably a little bit better athletically than than I thought they might be studying here in the last few days for the game. They do have a lot of length. I'll give you an example. Omar Payne is their starting five man. He's six ten and 230. But they've got a couple of guys come off the bench in Ibrahima Diallo and also Tierno Silla. Both of those guys are, you know, seven foot, 6'11. Um, and, th- and then their guard play has been their-, their point guard is not a scorer. He's more of a distributor, just kind of rock solid kind of guy. It comes down for them, uh, I think, to make shots. They're not the best shooting team. Uh, but if they make shots, and, and I guess a lot of people could, could say, hey, he's describing K-State too. Um, so it's all about, at the end of the day, you can talk all you want, but it's all about putting that basketball through the goal. And and uh, I think tomorrow, it's you hope K-State's the, the better
2: at that. 5 o'clock tip-off, 4 o'clock pregame. You'll be able to hear Wyatt and all the action right here on KFH. Looking forward to it, Wyatt. As always, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Have a great call tomorrow.
4: Thanks a lot, guys. Great talking to
2: you. Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year to you as well. It's Wyatt Thompson, Kansas State Wildcats, here on Sports Daily. If you missed any of it, make sure to go back, uh, kfhradio.com, or on the free Odyssey app and hear all of that interview. We're going to step aside when we come back. We'll get back into our conversation that we had at the beginning of the show about Shocker basketball falling last night to North Texas inside Coke Arena. We'll do that. On the other side, I'm Tommy Castor, along with Paul Savage and Jad Chambers, Sports Daily Cup. Well just a reminder Chiefs games are available live for free over on KNSS and on the Odyssey app. Tune into KNSS Sunday for NFL action. The Chiefs on the road in LA to wrap up the regular season against the Chargers or simply download the Odyssey app and search for KNSS at kickoff we will pick that game and a bunch of other NFL games and the national championship game in college football coming up at the start of next hour in our Friday football picks. But Paul, before we wrap up our number one here on sports daily, very briefly, let's go back to our conversation at the top of the show about shocker basketball, of course, losing by 12 at home in the conference opener against North Texas final score, 74, 62. And really, you know, I mentioned it at the top, the shooting woes, we know that's been an issue for Wichita State, especially in the month of December, carrying on into the month of January. Outside of Colby Rogers, they really don't have a weapon to shoot the basketball, and teams know that. They can clamp down on Rogers and make sure that you know he's not getting his shots off. And then at that point, there's really no other way. Wo- I don't know exactly what it's going to take and if it's going to come along in conference play but, man, they've got to develop another shooter that can go out there and take some of that burden off of Colby Rogers.
3: Well, that's the key at this point right now. I mean, we as much as we talk about defense, I mean, you can defend, 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 but you still got to put the ball in, in the basket. And right now, I mean, you know, you're basically – uh looking at a team that's even struggling at the line i mean they they missed yeah twelve twelve free throws last night. oh by the way, what was the margin of victory? Oh, it was happened to be twelve points I don't know, I don't know what that means. All I'm just saying is you know nobody hits a hundred percent of their of their of their free throws, but you know you hit them nine or ten of those free throws out of the twelve misses, and you're in this game. You know the whole game, the complexion of the game changes. So you know you've got to shoot. And and right now the Shockers are are really struggling. Thirty percent, thirty seven percent from the field last night. They were twenty for fifty four uh, from from regular f- uh, field goals. And 7 of 23, you know, 30%, uh, 30. 30.4% to be exact from the three-point line. You just got to do better. Come on, Tommy. We both know, you know, you and I aren't exactly, you know, the the smartest guys in the world, but we certainly understand you got to make baskets to win basketball games. That we do know. Well, and – yeah, look, and, and we know this team is never
2: going to shoot lights out. That's not who they are. That's, That's not right. the way they they're That's made right. up. That's not their composition. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it before that it's you know still a team, a work in progress. And you mentioned recruiting classes down the road and that sort of thing. That's all true. But also, this is a game that you know last night that I thought the Shockers should have won. Uh, I mean, it's it's a it's an opponent in the conference that you are fairly similar to as far as where you rank in kin palm it's a game that you go will probably go back on in march and think man that's a game that maybe wichita state should have had right they were never really in it though they got down at one point over 20 points could never really get it back and they lose by 12 it's a quick turnaround for the shockers and conference play is now in full swing they're on the road this weekend at temple we will talk more about that game a little bit later on in the program we're going to step aside our final break of hour number one when we come back our friday football picks paul and i will give them to you we'll tell you what jacob's picks are for this weekend that and a whole lot more hour number two on the way it's sports daily hang on
0: The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks parts used with permission. Jacob Albrot, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH.
1: Hey, sports bettors, ready for some picks destined to fail? It's time to hear what the Sports Daily staff thinks of the weekend games.
2: Welcome back in, everybody. It's Sports Daily here on KFH. I'm Tommy Caster along with Paul Savage. And for Jacob Albrock today, Jad Chambers producing the show. You know, Paul, I was texting with you uh, before the show started, and I told you that, you know, on, on the one day that Jacob is gone and I'm hosting the show, I wake up this morning, I don't have much of a voice. So I don't know if you can tell that. I'm kind of squeaking my way through this uh, program today. Um, hopefully it's not too terrible to the ears, but uh, I'm doing my best.
3: You know, I couldn't hardly, seriously if you hadn't said anything to anybody just now, nobody would know. <laughs> but I, I can kind of tell. But no, no, not, not bad. You're doing fine, big boy. Just hang in there. You'll be fine. I appreciate that. The, the weird thing is, I feel totally fine. I, I, I'm not sick. I don't. I don't have
2: any issues. I just. I have no voice. So I, maybe that's a sign that I'm talking too much. And maybe after the show is done, I should maybe shut my mouth for a little while. So. Or uh, anyway, or we're, we're,
1: maybe yeah. maybe that's a, a sign that you got a really good producer who can kind of compensate for things. Oh, you know, here we go.
3: Oh, here okay. we go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All Hold right. on, Tommy. I've got to walk around the counter. I'm going to go pat him on the back a little bit if you don't mind. Give me a minute or two. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Jad needs a a little bit of a pat on the back. here. Yeah,
3: that's it. (laughs) That's okay. That's all right. We're
2: going to get into our Friday football picks here in just a moment, but let's take a recap on uh, where we're at right now. Paula was a great week for me. It wasn't as good of a week for you and Jacob, but man, I'm back in the game. I went seven and three, both you and Jacob went five and five last week in our picks. Jacob is still in the lead. You are two games back and i'm only 3 games back. We're getting down to the very wow. end. I mean, we're going to get into playoff football. This is the last full week. I would imagine we're going to continue our picks into playoffs. Oh, we do. Uh, but we're not going to have we're not going to have like 10 games to pick after this week. This is the final regular season uh week of the NFL and we've got our national championship game that we need to pick. So, man, it's it's really tight. It's right
3: in there. You're 2 games back at Jacob, I'm 3. So, let's see if we can make up some ground. Let's do it. I'm very excited about this week. This is really fascinating. And by the way, Tommy, there are quarterbacks not playing. You need to know a little something about what's going on. Yeah. For instance, the Ravens, you know, they're not going to play Lamar Jackson, and I think the 49ers are going to sit Brock Purdy. We've got some things that we got to think about, that we've got to yeah. think about and uh, reflect that in the line, whatever the line is for whatever game we're looking at. It's a unique week to pick. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it's it's a weird week. The
2: lines kind of reflect that. Uh, And, you know, at the end of the day, too, like we've got some teams that are battling for playoff spots and other teams that are locked in for their own. That's the way that it typically is this final week of the NFL regular season. So, Jad, let's go ahead and hit the music and we will get into our picks. Jacob has sent in his picks, so uh, we know what those will be. But let's start with that Ravens game. It's the first game of the weekend. Tomorrow afternoon, the Ravens at home taking on the Steelers. The Ravens are locked in. They're the number one seed in the AFC. They are three-point home underdogs to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mason Rudolph will be starting for Pittsburgh. So a road favorite are the Pittsburgh Steelers in a divisional game against the Ravens, who are already locked into their playoff spot. Paul, we'll start with you. What do you think?
3: Well, I think this is an interesting game. Obviously, Mark Lamar Jackson's not playing. And by the way, once we get this segment over, I, I hope you and I get a chance to talk about What's going on with with sitting players? What do you, you know, I would love to know what do you think about sitting players? I hope we get a chance to do that. I'd yeah. be fascinated to talk to you about that. But with that being said in this game, we do know Lamar Jackson's sitting. We think some other players are gonna be sitting, who all's gonna be sitting and how much they're gonna be playing. There's gonna be a lot of guys that are gonna play a quarter or two. I mean they're not gonna play the whole game. We we don't know, you know, with Jack with the Ravens locked into where they are. I'm gonna take the Steelers. I'm just going to – I mean, come on, just take the Steelers because, you know, Rudolph's done a pretty good job. I've enj- I've enjoyed watching, you know, uh, Coach Tomlin. He's a pro. I'm going to go ahead and take the Steelers. I think they win this game outright, and they might win by a touchdown or two. Yeah, things were really bad for
2: the Steelers as recently as a couple of weeks ago. Oh, losing know. to really, really bad teams, and, uh, you know, there was some drama in the locker room. That's right. But now Mike Tomlin says that he doesn't want to disrupt the rhythm that Mason Rudolph is in That's right. heading into the playoffs. So Kenny Pickett, while healthy, will not play in this final game for... Jacob is going with the Ravens. He's going to take the number one seed in the AFC even without Lamar Jackson even with some of, without their star players a couple of them not playing he's going to take the 3 points at home for the Ravens. I'm going to agree with him. You know, even though Mason Rudolph hasn't looked bad the last couple of weeks, I'm not sure I want to put my money on Mason Rudolph as a favorite on the road against the Ravens even without Lamar Jackson. So Jacob and I will both take the Ravens plus 3. Paul, you get an island with the Steelers laying those three points.
3: You like that island? I'm not sure I like that island. I'm going to take that island. But, I mean, it's a coin flip. I mean, particularly with the players not playing, uh, it's a coin flip. So, I don't know. We'll see. Well, let's go to an AFC South battle
2: between the Houston Texans on the road in Indianapolis taking on the Colts. The Texans are one-and-a-half-point road favorites in Indianapolis – CJ Stroud looks to be healthy, Paul. He looks to be able to, you know, come back and be 100%. He was last week. That should continue. But here are the Colts, and the Colts are in the playoff hunt. Even without Anthony Richardson, Jonathan Taylor is carrying them and has been for a while. Do you like the Texans as favorites on the road, or do you like Indianapolis at home as an underdog,
3: I like. I always like a team that has a chance to make the playoffs. The Colts can still now. There's got to be some things happen if my the Texans can too. Yeah, yeah, the Texans, and the Texans can too. But it's a home game. You know something? I, I think just because Jacob has taken the Texans, I think I will go ahead and take the Colts. I'm running out of time. I think this for me this is a coin toss. I mean, and and, and the lines reflects that. A point and a half, come on, come on, a point and a half, that's anybody's game. I'm going to go ahead and take the Colts because this is strategic, uh, me taking the Colts, but I will take the Colts.
2: Yeah, you know, Jacob, you mentioned, you know, he is taking the Texans. He's laying the one and a half points on the road with C.J. Stroud and Houston. These divisional games, especially when they're the final game of the season and Seeding still has to be determined and all of that. It, it, you know, it makes it really, really difficult. And the line reflects that. Paul, I think I kind of lean with you. I think I'm going to take the home dogs in the Colts. Uh, it it would have been very easy for everybody to count out the Colts as soon as Anthony Richardson went down right. with his injury. That's right. We know Zach Moss has been injured, but it's been the Jonathan Taylor show. And you know, I think that they win. I think that they get into the playoffs. I'm going to take Indianapolis. I'll take the point and a half. I'm going to join you and give Jacob that island for Houston. Our next game, another AFC South matchup, the Jags on the road taking on the Titans. The Titans are three and a half point home underdogs taking on Jacksonville. You know, CJ Beathard started for the Jags last week with the Trevor Lawrence injury. It's been a wild time for Jacksonville. They've really fallen off a cliff, but... They could still win the division, Paul. What do you like in this game?
3: Well, I like Derrick Henry to, to run for about 125 yards, maybe a little more than that. The Jags, I have no confidence offensively speaking. I'm going to go ahead and take the Titans. They'll be able to run the football against the Jags. And offensively, we don't. there's a lot of questions we have about the Jags. I'm going to go ahead and take the Titans.
2: You know, so Jacob is agreeing with you. He agrees he's going to take the Titans at home. He's going to take the three and a half points i'll take the jacksonville island at minus three and a half on the road um and it's simply because the jags have more to play for than the titans do the Titans' season is basically over uh it's not it's not happening for them this year that window on derrick henry is closing it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the titans this offseason what moves they make but jacksonville i know things have not been good for them lately right but I'm going to go ahead and take the Jags because right. I think that they need it more. So I'll take that island. And interestingly enough, Paul, three games in, we have three islands, and all three of us have one of those islands. <laughs> that's funny. that's the way the first three, game is, uh, three games three games have gone so far. That's cool. So we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and go to another divisional matchup here in the NFC. The NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings on the road, taking on the Lions. The Lions are three and a half point home favorites. It sounds like Nick Mullins will get the start for the Vikings after they tried out Jaron Hall a week ago. It's been a quarterback carousel for Minnesota so far. These are two teams, Paul, that, I mean, it's, a, again, a divisional matchup. It's There's a lot to play for for both of the teams.
3: What do you like in this one? Well, this is the easiest pick for me of all these picks. I mean, let's face it, the Lions, you know, do they have a little chip on their shoulder right now? Maybe? maybe? Sure. Maybe just a little one? You know, us against the world, us against the NFL? I think they have the right to have that chip. I'm going to go ahead and take the Lions. Of course, that's not going to surprise you. I've kind of been on their bandwagon a lot over the course of this year i'm gonna go ahead and not change course on that particular team i'm gonna go ahead and take the lions
2: yeah so we know that the lions have obviously clinched the division they have right and we know that the vikings you know they're now under 500 things have kind of fallen off a cliff for them uh i don't think that they're they're not mathematically eliminated i don't believe the vikings are from the playoffs but it's going to be really, really difficult for them. Yeah, they're the 10 seed or in the 10th place right now in the conference. It's going to take a lot for them to get over that gap. They do have a lot to play for. I just don't think they have the personnel to be able to get it done. TJ Hawkinson, done for the year. Nick Mullins, he can throw for a lot of yards, but he can also turn the ball over a lot. Even though Detroit has already clinched the division, I'm going to go ahead and join you. I'll take the Lions All as well. Right. I'll lay the three and a half. Jacob agrees. All three of us are taking Detroit as home favorites against the Minnesota Vikings. Going to go back to the AFC now. The Bengals and the Browns, another divisional matchup. The Bengals with Jake Browning, their seven-point favorites. The Browns, it was announced they are not starting Joe Flacco this weekend. It's going to be Jeff Driscoll starting for the for the Browns. P.J. Walker will back him up. What do you think? I mean, do you think the Browns have any shot in this or will the Bengals run all over them?
3: You know, if Flacco was playing, you know what I'd do? I'd go ahead and take Flacco. I've really enjoyed, you know, watching that old timer play. And 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 uh, I, I would take him, but, but he's not playing. And when you start getting names of quarterbacks that I'm not really familiar with, and in one case, I'm not sure I've ever heard of, Then you got to go the other direction. Jacob has taken the Bengals. I think I'm going to join Jacob and take the Bengals as well. Uh, That's a lot of points, though, Tommy. That's a lot of points. Browns are getting seven. That's a touchdown, my
2: friend. It's a full touchdown. That's a big number. Uh, I really debated on this for a long time because while Joe Flacco has been really good, he's not the only reason that the Browns are 11-5. and He's not the only reason that the Browns are in the playoffs. Cincinnati, or I'm sorry, Cleveland has an elite defense. They've got weapons. Uh, It's been fun to watch Kareem Hunt and his resurgence. It's been fun to watch Jerome Ford and Amari Cooper, who didn't play last week. I'm not sure his status for this weekend. But they've got a lot of different weapons, David Njoku. There's a reason why the Browns are 11-5. So I wonder if there will be that big of a drop-off Going from Joe Flacco to Jeff Driscoll at quarterback. This is what the fifth quarterback that the Browns (laughs) have started this year? Yeah. They started Dorian Thompson-Robinson. They started P.J. Walker. They've started Deshaun Watson, obviously. Now Joe Flacco and now Jeff Driscoll. Ah, Man, I originally wrote down the Bengals, but if you and Jacob are both taking the Bengals, I think because it's that touchdown, you know what? I'm going to take the Browns. I'm going to take the Browns. I'll take the points. Good for you. Uh, I think that there's... I think there's an opportunity there to, uh, you know, I don't know if the Browns will win the game, but you know maybe they can keep it within seven. We'll find out about that. And you know what? The Bengals were not particularly impressive outside of the first quarter a week ago against Kansas City. So that may play into it as well. All right, we're going to move to our next game now. We're going to look at the Bears on the road at the Packers. The Bears are three-point road underdogs taking on the Green Bay Packers. There was some trash talk with Justin Fields earlier this week. The Packers were kind of the talk of the NFL for a while with Jordan Love. What do you like in this one, Paul?
3: This is an interesting game because you know the, the, the Bears were so bad at the start of the year. This is a team that got better. There's no question they've gotten better. Yeah, and the Packers are basically the same team that we thought they would be at the beginning of the season. I mean, they're not world beaters, but I mean, I, and and I find this a fascinating number. The Packers are are giving three. You know, I would have thought this would probably have been a pick'em game. But, I mean, you know, I guess three points isn't anything to, you know, I guess worry about in in terms of of that. But, you know, I like the Bears in this game. I can't believe I would have said this. I have not been on the Bears bandwagon all year long. And it's kind of cost me at times. It has cost me at times. I'm going to jump on the bandwagon for the last game of the year, and I'm going to go ahead and take the Bears. Okay, so the Bears
2: are officially eliminated from playoff contention. Right. They will not make the playoffs That's right, but, in
3: the NFC. But they're on a mission. I get the sense that this is a team that does think they've gotten better and are playing for next year. That's the sense that I have.
2: They're going to have some major, massive decisions to make on what they want to do with Justin Fields. Yes. you know It's going to be his maybe his final game as a Chicago Bear. I don't exactly know what that will look like and if they decide to Trade him and draft Caleb Williams with the first overall pick. There there are some big decisions to be made in Chicago. Jacob agrees with you. He's taking the Bears and he's taking the points. I'm not gonna go that direction. I'm gonna take another island here and take the Packers. I know that Justin Fields has played better. The Bears have played better, but they're eliminated from playoff contention. The Packers are not. The Packers can still find their way into the playoffs. They are the seventh seed right now at eight and eight they need a win to get into the playoffs. And so, because they've got a lot more to play for, even though there are big decisions to be made in Chicago, I'm going to take Green Bay and I'll lay the 3 points. I'll take another island there, Paul.
3: There you go. I don't blame you. Although the Packers aren't exactly lighting it up and at least in in my eyes where I thought they would be is not where they are. Let's take
2: a look at an, an NFC West matchup here between the Rams and the Niners. The Rams are on the road in San Francisco. The 49ers are four-point home favorites. The Rams did announce that Matt Stafford will not start the game. Uh, I think it's going to be Carson Wentz starting for the Rams. Uh, and the Niners, I don't know the status of Brock Purdy. I'm not exactly sure what that looks like. He's I don't know not if playing. That, Paul. I He's do know.
3: I heard it just this morning. He is going to be sat down for this game. He's not playing at all. At least that's the report I heard this morning. Okay, so a couple of backup
2: quarterbacks in this uh, NFC West showdown. Do you like the Niners to pull away? Do you think the Rams with the and wins can cover that four?
3: Yeah, I do. I I really do. I'm going to go ahead and take the 49ers as well uh, as Jacob is taking them. And and, and I just like them. I th- this is a team of destiny. I think this is a team that could actually be in the Super Bowl. And I and that, that's not saying anything that anybody would disagree with it's a good football team even without Brock Purdy we'll see how they do but uh, he's the difference maker but it's still an overall good football team it's a physical football team they can rush the quarterback Uh, they got great receivers you know I'm just going to go ahead and and take the 49ers they've done well for me over the past six seven weeks I'm taking the 49ers yeah Jacob agrees with you he's taking the Niners as well I'm going to
2: take the 49ers also the Rams have been a fun story all year they're sneaky good. They have been at times this season. But not with Carson Wentz starting at quarterback. I'm surprised that number is at 4. I thought it would have been more than that even with Brock Purdy not yeah, starting. Yeah, me too. Me too. For the 49ers. But it's going to be a clean sweep. We will all take the Niners out west in that matchup against the Rams. The game of the weekend, Sunday night football to determine the AFC East and determine AFC playoff seeding. The Buffalo Bills on the road in Miami. The Bills are two-and-a-half-point road favorites. More than likely, Paul, the Kansas City Chiefs will face one of these two teams next week in the wild-card round, the opening round of the playoffs. Do you like the Bills to go down to Miami and win, or do you think the Dolphins can cover?
3: Well, that is this is the game of the week. This is the one that if you're going to sit and spend a little time watching television and watching an NFL game, for me, this is the one that I think sounds the most fascinating. And yeah. I look at and I look at the overall speed factor, which I've done all year long with regards to the Dolphins. Dolphins have a lot to play for in this particular game. I believe it is a lot to play for. And having watched as much, uh, you know, HBO Hard Knocks in season with the Dolphins, you you know, I, I really feel like I know these guys. I, I like these guys. Uh, I like the coaching staff. Uh, it's hard for me not to take the Dolphins. And because there's a lot to play for, because this is on the road, I'm going to go ahead and take the Dolphins. I think they win this game outright. And, um, you know, even though they're a dog, I still like the Dolphins to win it outright. I'm going to take them. Well, so here's the thing about the Dolphins. They didn't look good against the Ravens a week ago. No, I know they didn't. But neither. There's been a lot of teams lately that haven't looked very good against the Ravens. Yeah,
2: uh, you know, I'm just not sure that the Dolphins are going to be able to keep up with the Bills in this final game. I know they've got a lot to play for, but the Bills might be the most dangerous team in the National Football League going into the playoffs. And I'm even including them with the Ravens. I don't think the Bills are a team that I'd really want to play. And that may very well be Kansas City's opponent in the wildcard round. Uh, bottom line is that Jacob has taken the Bills to cover the number. He's laying the two and a half. I'm going to join him. You can Whoa. have that Dolphins Island, Paul. And That's actually not a bad, island. Not a bad underdog island with the Dolphins. Not a bad island, no. but I'm going to join Jacob. We're both going to lay the two and a half with the bills. I just think that the bills are powerful. I think they're motivated. I think that they will find their way into the number two seed in the AFC. And that's crazy considering where the bills were two months ago. Like nobody, like people thought they weren't even going to make the playoffs. And here they are potentially with a chance to make the number two seed. They've got a ton to play for. I'm going to take Buffalo all the lay the two and a half. We're going to talk about the Chiefs now. Final NFL game that we're going to pick. The Chiefs are on the road in LA to wrap up the regular season. We know Kansas City is locked into the three seed. We know Patrick Mahomes is not playing. Blaine Gabbert is going to be starting at quarterback for the Chiefs. We'll take on Easton Stick at quarterback for the Chargers. The Chiefs are three and a half point road underdogs this season, Paul. What do you think about this one?
3: Well, there's a lot of questions that I have. And I'm going to just tell you right now, Tommy, I don't have a feel for it. I'm going to tell you right now, this is a guess. I don't know what's going to be right. There's going to be some guys sitting, some guys not playing. I'm going to go ahead and take the Chiefs just because I don't have a feel for it. Because overall, we know that they can still defend. And I'm not sure that I'm a fan of the Chargers. I think I'm just going to go ahead and take the Chiefs. And basically, I'm guessing. This is a guess for me. I'm sorry, Tommy. I wish I could tell you I had some insight as to why I'm taking the Chiefs. But I'm just guessing. I'll take the Chiefs.
2: Well, it's the first game since 2018 that Blaine Gabbert will start in the NFL. Right. So it's been a long time. So, I mean, there's really no data to back it up. Right. There's really no way to know how he's going to play. And then, again, we don't even know exactly who else will play for Kansas City. Will Travis Kelsey play? Will he sit? I think he's like 16 yards away from another 1,000-yard receiving year. So will he start, try to get that, and then sit down? I don't know. I have no idea exactly how it's going to play out. So because I have no data, I'm going to join you. I'll take the Chiefs. I'll take the points. Jacob is going to join us, so we've got a clean sweep there uh, with Kansas City. And you know what? Bottom line is that anytime the Chiefs get points, I don't care who's starting you got to take those points, right? Like that just seems like the right thing to do.
3: Yeah, but I don't know. We're (laughs) going to go. I don't (laughs) know. We'll find out. I don't have a feel. You don't either. Really? We're going to go
2: into uh, the final pick into college football, the national championship game on Monday night, Washington. The Huskies are getting four and a half points taking on Michigan. We talked a little bit about it with Wyatt Thompson last hour. Paul, what's your official pick on this game? Do you think Washington can cover? Or will Michigan pull away?
3: Well, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm locked into this game, you know, and, and I can't really say that over the course of the last three, four years, I've been locked into the national championship game. This one fascinates me, and it fascinates me partly because of the Washington story with the pack, the Pac-12 going away, and I, I, I'll tell you that right off the top. But Michigan is so dominant up front. Uh, dominant in the defensive line in particular. Offensive line as well, but defensive line, they're as good as they are they there's anybody in the country. And yet, on the other hand, Washington, as we talked with, with Wyatt, is uh, is equally as good up front on the offensive side. I'm going to take Washington because I think if these two elements of this football game negate themselves, and the Washington offensive line can give Penix the the, the time that he needs He could light up Michigan. He could throw for 400 yards, Tommy. I mean, will he? I don't know. He might. He may not. But he's capable of it. This is a guy that we're going to be watching play at a high level on Sundays, I think. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with Washington. Give me the four and a half. I think I'll take the four and a half. I don't know if that's right. But I think this comes down to O-line for Washington and D-line for Michigan. What do you think?
2: Well, you know, uh, I think I'm locked into it also at the same level you are, and it's really because we don't have an SEC team in it. Oh, ah, because of that, I hadn't thought of I'm that. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be more locked in. Okay, um, it's okay. it's fun to to watch a game where you don't have to worry about the SEC, right? I think um, I'd never thought of that. That's a heck of a point. And I don't understand for the life of me why Washington continues to be undervalued. Like, they are underdogs all the time. Uh They were underdogs last week against Texas. They were underdogs against Oregon. And all they do is win. Not only do they cover, they win outright. I know that Michigan is great. Uh, I know that Jim Harbaugh is a great coach and has done really, really well at Michigan. J.J. McCarthy is a really good quarterback. They've got a great defense. They've got a great offensive line. Uh, Blake Corum is a phenomenal running back. They've got weapons upon weapons upon weapons. I just don't understand why Washington is always undervalued. Maybe it's because they're stuck up in the corner of the country and people yep. aren't always familiar with them. Maybe. I don't I don't know. But I've been on the Michael Pinnock's Jr. bandwagon for a long time. I agree with you, Paul. I think the guy is going to play on Sundays, and I think he's going to be really, really good in the NFL. I
3: do too.
2: I'm going to join you. I'm going to take Washington. I'm going to take the four and a half. And you know what? Jacob is as well. We've got a clean sweep in the national championship game in college football. I think Jacob's reason is because he doesn't like Michigan and he wants to see him lose. And there might be a little bit of that for me, too. But really, it's more about Washington. It's more about what they've done this season. I think Kalen DeBoer is an elite coach in the the college football ranks. So, man, I'm going to take the Huskies. I'm going to take the four and a half. Let's go. I've been on that bandwagon for a while.
3: Yeah, You buy an end at all to the Michigan deal about, well, you know, it's us against the world. People been coming no. after us. You, are you no. buying into that at all? Because I don't know. that. No, I...
2: be, uh, no, I'm not. And the reason for that is because they've done a really, really good job at changing that narrative and moving it away from them being the bad guys to them being the victims. And I just I, I don't buy that. I don't buy uh, that tactic uh, uh. at all. I don't I don't play into it. Give me Washington to raise that trophy at the end of the night. I like the Huskies to win the national championship. Right. We'll see how it goes and
3: I've, on Monday. And, and, Go and, ahead. I, and I've got to give you credit. The point of the day, J, uh, uh, Jad. Do we have a, a point of the day award that we can give Tommy? Do we have anything like that that we could give? And the point of the the point is, no SEC team. I've tried. I've been Love trying that. to analyze. Why am I enjoying this particular championship game so much? I've been trying to figure out why, Tommy, and you nailed it. No SEC team. I didn't think of that. Well, it's going to be fun to watch,
2: and we will break it down more on Monday when Jacob is back here on the program. That's our picks for the week, the final regular season week of the NFL. We make those picks, and we'll see how things pan out next week we're going to take a break when we come back Paul I want to get into what you mentioned before NFL teams sitting their quarterbacks what do we think about it and how does that relate to Kansas City on Sunday against the Chargers that and a whole lot more on the way Tommy Castor Paul Savage and Jad Chambers at Sports Daily and we'll be right back Welcome back, everybody. It's Sports Daily on KFH. I'm Tommy Caster, along with Paul Savage. And for Jacob Albrock, Chad Chambers producing the show, the KFH Hotline is open the rest of the way at 869 12. An interesting topic that uh, you brought up as we were going through our Friday football picks last segment. Quarterbacks sitting and resting in the final week of the NFL regular season. I know that depending on the team, there are usually mixed feelings on that. But overall, as we go into this weekend, does it make you more or less interested in the games if you've got a backup quarterback playing, like you know being able to watch these guys that maybe we're not always used to seeing play, Or are you kind of over this weekend and, and you're not really paying attention?
3: You know that's an interesting question, and I'm not sure how to answer that because part of it is part of it says, you know, as you know, to buy a ticket to an NFL game, you know you're looking at 100 bucks to what a1,000 bucks? I mean, I mean, you can really drop some big money on NFL games. And if you're a season ticket holder, you're buying full price tickets for the last game of the year, aren't you? Particularly if let's say you're a Ravens fan and you have season tickets and you just drop three, four grand, you know, per ticket and you got three or four tickets, uh, spending significant money and you don't get to see your star quarterback play in the last home game of the season. I guess I'm I'm with you when it comes to 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 wondering about that. So from a fan's point of view, I wish they would all play. But I'll tell you what, I'm also a football coach, Tommy. And I understand that there are games that really have no consequences. And there's yeah. a lot of bad things that can happen in a game. I mean, let's face it. A guy could be standing in a, in a pocket and it looks like there's plenty of protection. And a guy goes down. He's forced to the ground by an offensive lineman. He slides into the knee. You and I have seen it happen a hundred times. So I'm very, very concerned about the health of a quarterback, particularly heading into the playoffs in the last week. You've already got your spot. You've got, you're have got you in the playoffs. Uh, maybe you're playing for home field. I don't know if it's still in, that important. But I'll tell you what, I take care of who got me to where I'm at right now, and that would be my quarterback. I'm sitting my quarterback. Probably sitting my running back. I might be sitting some offensive linemen. I may play the offensive lineman a couple of series, maybe a couple of quarters. But I'm sitting a lot of people. I'm going to get them healthy. I'm going to keep them healthy. I don't buy into, you know, sitting two weeks. You know, you, you hear these, these, these coaches, and I know you've heard the quote, well, I don't think anybody ought to be sitting. And I, I guess it came from the head coach at San Francisco. He says, nobody should be sitting for two weeks. Well, in the NFL, nobody's going to sit for two weeks. You're going to practice. You're going to get out. You're going to stay active. You're going to go to meetings. You're going to watch film. You're going to be a part of the lives of your teammates. Nobody's sitting out for two weeks. You're there, so I'm just saying. You know something? I would set them out if I'm in. A, if I'm coaching in the NFL, I'm setting. An, I'm not taking one small chance with a Brock Purdy, for instance.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I wonder. Like how much this impacts the viewership for all the games this weekend? Well, it's got to. There are. It? It's got well, to. There are enough. There are enough games that do really matter. Right. 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 Uh, that that really do. You know, the Bills and Dolphins, for example, um, the Lions and Packers. You know, there are some games out there that really do have playoff implications. Those will be the games that you know I'll probably lock into. It doesn't change a whole lot for me though. I'm still going to watch the Chiefs play. I'm still going to be locked into that game. You know, I'm, I'm probably going to be locked into every game as much as I can be this weekend. I'm going to watch the Ravens and Steelers tomorrow, even though the Ravens have nothing to play for. The Steelers do, you know, so I'm, I'm going to be locked into those games. You know, I just wonder overall, though, we're probably going to be seeing a significant drop in viewership this weekend for the NFL. That's an issue for the NFL. That's an issue for advertisers on the NFL, right? I think so. You, you know, you've got you've got a ton of eyeballs traditionally on the NFL, but this has always been an issue that the NFL has ran into. And I don't really know if there's a way to fix it. Look at the NBA, for example. You've got star players in the NBA that rest all the time, and the league had to intervene and say, "You can't rest players like this because it's it's hurting our product and it's hurting our viewership." and fans are showing up and they're not getting a chance to see their favorite players. It's a little bit different in the NFL because we're talking about one week. We're talking about the final week of the regular season before we get into the playoffs. It was this way when the teams played 16 games. It's this way when they play 17 games. And the teams that are locked into their playoff spots, I don't blame them. I don't blame them for setting their players. Now, when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs, I mentioned it before. I don't know if we're going to see Travis Kelsey
3: try to get to his thousand. You yard will, yes. Season. I don't yes. know if we will. I'll bet we you will. Think we will. I think. Yeah. There's there's a pride element in that. I mean, you know, guys like Travis Kelsey have a pride. Have a pride in their craft. Have a pride in what they're doing. And I and I honestly think that to a guy like him, a thousand yards is a big deal. It's a significant number, Tommy. That you know, if you're a receiver, a thousand yards. That's that's the number. That's the number well, you're it keeps, looking. It keeps. It keeps the streak alive. Bingo. You know he's Bingo. done a thousand yards
2: for multiple years, and it right. would keep that streak alive. And he's only sixteen away. Right. You know if he was a hundred away. Oh, uh, I know, get that. No, might, no, you're yeah, right. Might you're not right. be worth. He yeah. all he needs is one catch, right? And, and like then maybe he the sits. Game off. Yeah, then maybe he yeah. Sits. You know, design and I know coaches do this a lot. Your opening drive of a the game, they script it out, right? That, that happens a lot. Every play, every single play. So script out. You know, a couple of plays that are designed for Travis Kelsey to try to get him those yards, and then put him on the bench. And that's the other thing too, Paul, with the NFL is that a lot of these players have different incentives for hitting different milestones, and they're they're going to need some of them are going to need to play this yes. weekend, yes, to hit those milestones to get that extra money. Chris I, Jones, yeah, can I give is a half. He's a half a sack away right. from making quite a bit of money, right. but I'm not sure we're going to see him. Uh, you know, when it comes to this weekend with mm-hmm. the Chiefs game,
3: yeah. And, and a good example of that is Derrick Henry. I mean, you know, with the Titans, you talked, we talked about that earlier in, in in the show with our picks. And Derrick Henry is he's in the last last year of, of a contract. How he comes out, particularly, he he needs some more numbers to show that he can still play versus his 30 years of age. And it's a big, you know, Derrick Thomas. I mean, Derek uh, Henry's going to play hard. He's going to play hard this weekend. He's got some things he's got to show, and and so I get what you're saying. You know, one of the interesting things too is, you know, you talk about the NFL and how how they want all of their play, great players to play, but you know something, you talked about. Well, you, you, I almost thought you insinuated where the NFL has to put its foot down. so you're going to play these guys. You're going to play these guys. No. You're no. not. You're, oh, you're not. I, no, I don't. No, I don't think that. I mean, oh, I don't okay, think that okay. they can be. I don't think that they can
2: be heavy handed in that way. I'm okay. not sure that there is a good solution. And maybe the NFL, they're at a point where they just kind of throw their hands up in the air because it happens every year. And they say, look, it is what it is. You know, we got to get these players rested for the playoffs. And so even though a lot of our marquee players are, are not going to play, uh, we just have to kind of deal with it. Right. That might be the case. But. I mean I do think that there probably is some legitimate financial implications for guys like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes no to question. not play in these games. Well, and I don't I don't know if there is a good solution.
3: Well, I wouldn't let him play in the game because the we're at the playoffs. You know, and you play yeah. the game to win. I think I've heard that quote before in the NFL. You play the game <laughs> to win. And so when you when you look at 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 that kind of thing, you know, right now you play the game to be ready to play in the playoffs that's because right now right. you're getting ready to go to a part of the season where you play, you win, you play on, you lose, you go home and and nobody wants there's only going to be one champion and you got to go you got to be strong you got to be ready to play and i would set anybody who is is, is, who it's possible to play it, 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 with regards to and then I know you've got to suit up X amount of guys play them a series or two. this would be like a preseason game. this might be like let's say the last preseason game. you get a, you get a series or two and boom now you're gonna start playing younger guys. I think it's smart if you're already locked into your place with regards to uh, with regards to where your seed is, who you where you're going. Are you on the road? Are you playing at home? I guess you consider those kind of things. But when you're talking about a Brock Purdy, when you're talking about a, uh, 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 you know, you're talking about a Patrick Mahomes, you're playing. You're talking about some of those quality quarterbacks. Maybe I'm sitting them. I don't care. I'm sitting them because I'm not taking a chance. Because there's your chances of, of winning a Super Bowl or yeah. getting to the Super Bowl. That's the guy, and you don't take a chance. And and that's what I would do. I would do it. I would do it in a heartbeat if I was an NFL coach.
2: The Sunday night game, the final regular season game in the NFL schedule, the Bills and the Dolphins, more than likely, Paul, the winner of that game will take on the Kansas City Chiefs in the opening round of the playoffs. If you're Andy Reid, you're the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, would you rather play the Buffalo Bills or would you rather play the Miami Dolphins?
3: I think I'd rather play the Bills. And let me tell you why. And I know a lot of people are going, Savage, you're crazy. But you know, speed worries me. Speed kills. You've heard that expression, speed kills yeah. in football. And that always worries me. You know, you can't coach speed. <laughs> and when I look at the overall speed of, of the Miami Dolphins, I don't want to defend it. And so I I would rather play the Bills. Hunker down, be physical, let's get it on in the trenches. But, man, speed kills, I, I, I'd i rather play the Bills. Now, you can call me crazy, and I would I would agree with you. I can make a case for both. I don't want to play the Bills, though.
2: I'd rather play the Dolphins. I'll tell you why. We're going to take a break. Okay. In our final segment, we'll come back. I'll tell you why I would rather play the Dolphins if I were the Kansas City Chiefs in the opening round of the playoffs. We'll do that. On the other side, it's Sports Daily on KFH. All right, continuing on our conversation about Kansas City in the playoffs, more than likely, it's either going to be the Buffalo Bills or the Miami Dolphins, depending on the winner of the Sunday night game. Paul says he would rather play Buffalo. I'd rather play Miami, Paul. Oh, yeah, I'd rather play Buffalo. That is correct. You'd rather play Buffalo? Yes. I'd rather play Miami. And the reason for that, number one, the Chiefs have already beaten Miami this season. They have not beaten the Buffalo Bills. That's number one. That's point number one.
3: Well, good point. Number
2: two, is that if you look at the forecast for next weekend in Kansas City, it's going to be really cold, and there's probably going to be snow. Uh, It's that kind of cold weather playoff game at Arrowhead. Which team is more accustomed to playing in that weather? The Buffalo Bills are. Uh, You know, they, they can adapt to that sort of thing a little bit better than Miami can, I think. And so I think that's part of it also, that you have to play, you have to take into consideration that Miami, you know, if they come into Kansas City and it's, you know, I don't know, 10 degrees outside. If the snow is falling, if the wind is blowing, whatever that looks like, man, I don't know. I mean, that that's one thing. If you've got snow on the ground, potentially for next weekend, we're a long way out from that. But if you've got snow on the ground, potentially, you think that speed that Miami has...
3: Can be slowed down a little bit with snow on the ground and the wind blowing. Dang, that is two great points in one show. I don't think that's ever happened on this show before. Congratulations, that's two great points. You own it, man. That is a great point, though. Seriously, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. As a matter of fact, let me just. I'm going to look. Let me look at. at, Let me look at my weather deal here real quick. I'm just going to look at the ten day. Let me see what what next weekend brings. Oh shoot, Sunday's high is going to be sixteen. You're going to have, go. yeah, the high, and that means you could probably have, you're right, that's a week from Sunday, high of 16, yeah. that's playing into your scenario, that's, Tommy, you done it, man, you've done it, two great points, that's never happened with Jacob, has it?
2: Um, I mean, I think he's had two great points before, like maybe in. The, the span of a year. Like if you take the <laughs> entire year, he's probably had one or two. Um,
3: oh, that's horrible. Shame on you. Come on now. <laughs> no, I, look, I,
2: I I think that oh, because Buffalo, Buffalo has caught their stride a little bit in, in the last few weeks, they've got things figured out. Uh, Josh Allen is playing better football. He's not turning the ball over as much as he had been. Uh, and so I think that all of that combined you know, it tells me that I'd rather play Miami. Yeah, I would yeah. rather play the Dolphins. Well, um, and I, I you know, I just, and the thing about the Dolphins, too, they're fairly one-dimensional. Um, you know, they've got a really good offense. I don't think that defense is that great. You know, they gave up a bunch of points to the Ravens last week. And so if I'm Kansas City, I would rather play a team that I've beaten before. Right. I'd rather have Tyreek Hill come back to Kansas City and play right. in the wild-card round than take right. on the Buffalo Bills. Right. Um, now, that being said, though, I don't care if you're playing Buffalo or if you're playing Miami. If you're Kansas City, you've got to have a better offensive output. You've got to lean on Isaiah Pacheco. You've got to lean on the defense. By the way, we're talking about the playoff game, but the game on Sunday when they go on the road to L.A., I don't want to see Isaiah Pacheco at all. I don't want to see him on the field at all. You rest him, you get him healthy for that wild card game. I don't want to see him get any carries. I don't care if you got to go with Clyde edwards E'Laire. I don't care if you've got to have Michael P. Ryan come up from the practice squad. Those are the guys that should be running the ball for the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend because you've got to have Isaiah Pacheco fresh for the playoff
3: game. I agree. I agree 100%. Take care of, of this team. Get them through this week. This is basically a survive and advance type situation. Get through yep. this week. Let's get to the playoffs. Next week means something. This week doesn't mean anything. Next week means something. Yeah,
2: on top of all of that, too, you got to keep in mind that, you know, they are one home game at Arrowhead as the number three seed. There's no guarantee after the game next weekend that they will play at home again. So you got to make the most of it if you can win the wild card game and get a little bit of help. You could potentially have another home game in the playoffs in the divisional round, and then you would need even more help to have another home game in the AFC Championship. But I mean, that's a long way down the line. You got to get to the wild card round first. Next week, we will definitely have a lot more information, talk a lot more about uh, that wild card game. But of course, the game that we are all focused on right now is this Sunday on the road in Los Angeles. It's a 325 start. You'll be able to hear all the coverage over on KNSS. We'll take our final break of the show. We'll come back. We'll tell you what's on the network this weekend. On the way, it's Sports Daily on KFH.